There are a few dangerous prayers, uh, some that uh, might not be so obvious when we pray them. Uh, one uh, that I, I found a few years ago was, Oh Lord, give me strength to deal with that person. Uh, if you're careful, not careful with that, God might give you too much strength that you might want to strangle the person. So there there's needs to be limits, but the most dangerous prayer, I think, is, Oh Lord, make me humble. If we really pray that prayer, the Lord will do whatever it takes to remove any vestige of pride from us, to humiliate us and humble us in the most uh, unthinkable ways. And uh, sometimes that's good, but sometimes it hurts quite a bit. And that's why it's perhaps a dangerous prayer. But it's a prayer, ultimately, that we probably need, because that humility, how important it is to grow in humility. Today is uh, the Feast of St. Augustine, and one of my favorite, I have so many quotes of, of him that I love, but one of my favorites, it is pride that made the angels into demons, and it's humility that makes humanity into the angelic. How necessary humility is, and we hear that uh, humility today. And Jesus uses this episode of going to a, a feast uh, for a teachable moment. One of, you know, when you throw a feast, don't, don't invite those that can invite you back. Invite those that don't. And you have to admit that's a good way of kind of humiliating the host. But the other is he's watching them as they're jockeying for positions of power and honor. In those days, it was a triclinium, most likely, is what Jesus is talking about, a three-sided couch, if you want to imagine, where the most important would kind of sit in the middle and everyone would then uh, order and rank from there on. Uh, because that's not uh, as familiar to us, perhaps. If you want to imagine a wedding banquet, the closer to the head table you're sat, the more honorable you are. And can you imagine somebody taking the seat right next to the bride or the groom? That's what Jesus seems to be talking about. As somebody who takes that position of honor, at least they were wise enough not to take the, the place of the bride or the groom, although uh, there's been a few weddings I've heard where that almost was the case, where whether it's the mother of the bride or, or, or whatever it was that tr tried to put the spotlight on that, them in particular. But Jesus is saying when you go to take the place, of the humble place, the lower place, to take that place because then when people, that your host will come to you and say, move up higher. I, I do joke and, and say that most of us have taken this so seriously. That's why so many Catholics sit in, way on the back. And I'll tell you, come up higher. Come up closer. But that, that humility, how necessary it is. As the saints have told us that the first sin is pride, and so often when we think about that, we might be tempted to think, well, the first sin of Adam and Eve. Yes, it was pride that caused Eve to take that fruit and look, look at it. She saw that it was good and lovely to, for food and, and uh, lovely to look at and, and good for acknowledging or uh, gaining knowledge of good and evil. But there was a sin prior to that, a sin that we so often might not think about, but a sin that, and sin ultimately that we don't even hear about in the Genesis account, but how at the beginning, God created all, created the angels, and created one in particular, the light bearer, Lucifer. 
And according to tradition and legend, Lucifer said when God laid out the plan that I'm going to create humanity and I'm going to pour my love on them and they're going to sin and I'm going to send my son, my, my son, the second person of the Trinity. He is going to take on flesh and he is going to redeem them. Satan said, I will not worship. And in pride, rejected God. And some have said that Satan said that I would rather serve and rule in hell than serve in heaven. Talk about pride. If we want humility, therefore, we might be wise in taking a look at that first sin. If we want to grow in humility, it isn't about humiliating ourselves and, and self-deprecating and all those things. But it might be submitting ourselves to the rule of God a little bit more closely. It might be to not be so boastful in our speech and perhaps even to use our speech more conservatively. Can you imagine, and there are saints that have, have done this, that they strived only to speak of God or about God, or about, about God or to God. It's telling, telling the truth when needed and, and speaking a word of comfort when needed, but otherwise refraining from especially exorbitant speech. To say that I will serve, to serve not only God, but to serve our neighbor, to serve in true humility, and to be grateful, even if we're not the recipient of God's gifts, to be truly grateful. And I think that's the one thing most to remember, that there is different pride, two different kinds of pride. There's a sinful pride and there's a holy almost pride. The sinful pride is one in which we take the, take the credit and, and uh, we say we are all that with a bag of cheese and all those things. We're, we're everything that it is. And then there's the, almost a holy pride of saying, this is what God has done for me. These are, this is how I'm cooperating with God's grace. And it is a good thing. That is good. Because there is a false humility that ultimately is rooted in pride as well. I've used the example a number of times, but uh, the particular young woman that played a piece, of, whether it was Bach or Beethoven, I don't remember, but by the end, it was a communion reflection. Everyone was in tears. It was so beautiful. And the next day in class, I thanked her for playing that. Oh, no, no, I'm not talented at all. Actually, you are. No, no, no. And it was false humility. The better thing for her to have said would be, God has given me a gift to play the piano, and I thank God that I'm able to share that gift. That's not pride to say that, because humility is grounded in the truth. In fact, the word for humility and the word for ground, dirt, are related in Latin. To be humble is to be well-grounded in the truth. Perhaps there's a reason Satan so often lies to us, that he seems unable to tell the truth. So humility might be the opposite of speaking truth. As we gather this day, we call to mind, too, that when we submit to God, we are brought to places that we would not expect. And one of the most gracious and gifted places is what we hear in today's second reading, and I admit that I find it beautiful. 
So often we forget where we are when we gather for Mass. So often we forget that we are called into the presence of God the Father to worship with all the angels and saints, all those who have gone before us. And so often, it's part of it is we can't see what, what is really going on. We can't understand and can't grasp. But if the veil would be dropped for a split second, I know I would die with absolute awe. Where are we? The author, most likely St. Paul, tells us in today's reading to the Hebrews. We've not approached that which can be touched. We've not approached the blazing fire and the gloomy doom and the voice and storm and trumpet and uh, trumpet blast and the voice speaking such that people begged not to hear. What's he talking about? He's talking about Mount Sinai, where God gave the law. And God spoke to the people so much so that they begged, please stop. And God vowed that he would send, continue to send prophets, but never again would he speak to them in such a way. If we have trouble listening and hearing God, perhaps we can blame them. But the author goes on and tells us we've not approached that, but we've approached Mount Sion. Mount Sion is a place of the Last Supper, where the apostles gathered with our Lord Jesus Christ as he gave them the Eucharist. We're gathered and drawn into Mount Zion, the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem, with countless angels and festal array, with the saints and the martyrs, the firstborn enrolled in heaven. When we come to Mass, if we come with pride, we will not be able to acknowledge where we truly stand. But if we come with humility, we will see God himself. The God is speaking to us, giving us himself. That Jesus Christ in this Eucharist nourishes us. As we come forward this day to ask our Lord to help us maybe grow in humility, maybe just a little bit. If we're not quite ready to pray that prayer, that full prayer of, oh Lord, make me humble, to Lord, take some of the pride that I have away. Help me to grow in grace, humility. And maybe, if we haven't ever before, to pray, Lord, help me to see what truly goes on when I come and I worship at this Mass. As a side note, I, I found it interesting that a particular actor this week is converted to the Catholic faith. I can't endorse her because I haven't seen the movie yet, but he's uh, playing in a biopic of St. Padre Peel. And he was so moved by that uh, demonstration. But he said, when I come, that, it's a paraphrase, but when he comes to Mass, when he, when he goes to Mass, it's not, we're, we're not selling Catholicism, but rather we're worshiping God. That's what we are doing today. We're worshiping God. We do it in humility. Because who are we? In reality, who are we? That God would so love us. Who are we that God would create us, redeem us, sanctify us? Who are we that Jesus Christ would suffer and die for us and give us the ongoing sacrifice to redeem us? If we have pride, we'll never answer the question, 
Humility is the only answer.